The Boiler Breakdown Podcast is sponsored by Shroff Landscaping. Shroff Landscaping has been in business for over 50 years and can handle all of your landscaping needs, including landscape design, maintenance, irrigation, hardscaping, fall cleanup, and they are licensed lawn applicators. Contact Mitch Melton today for all of your landscaping needs at 317-694-9763. Shroff Landscaping, design with you in mind. This is Carson Owers from the Boston Celtics, and you're listening to the Boiler Breakdown Podcast, hosted by Tanner Lee, Evan Webb, and Andrew Eiler. Look, has time to throw. There's an out deep. Way downfield. Grab on He's going to score. He's going to score. Touchdown, Purdue. Seth Morales. Seth Morales. There are no flags. The Boilermakers have taken the lead on a 64-yard strike. Unbelievable. And they're showing blitz again. They back out of the blitz. Toss it downfield. Caught by Stubblefield. Goodbye. Tanner Stubblefield beat Dwight Ellett and waltzes into the end zone. It covers 97 yards. More in motion. They get it to him. More in space. A burst of speed. A place down for Purdue. He's still going. More. Touchback. Touchdown. And it's intercepted. Bailey the other way. Marcus Bailey. It is Tuesday, October 15th, and you're listening to another edition of the Boiler Breakdown, and we're finally covering a Purdue win. It feels like it's been half a year, when really it's been just over about exactly a month. I'm Tanner Lee, of course, alongside Evan Webb and Andrew Eiler. What's going on, boys? We went to the moon. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Went to the moon, we walked on it, and we got a win over the Terps, 40-14. to 14. Man, that was fun to watch. Felt good, felt good. You know, I think we talked about it this week. It's so much better. Like, our my Sunday night is so much you know, the better. The whole weekend. I, 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 come, I, I came back home and I watched college football games. I mean, I always do anyways, but I watch them in enjoyment. Like, just relaxing. Yeah, usually if we lose, I'm not watching football until Sunday if the Bears even play, which then I'm probably mad too. But uh, yeah, I was able to. I came home and watched some more college football and just enjoyed the fact that we had gotten. I w. usually stay away from the Big Ten Network um, until Purdue wins, so I had yeah. boycotted the Big Ten Network for quite a while. It was nice to watch the uh, post game highlights and uh, watch Scott Frost cry a little bit, even though it was at the expense of. Uh, Boat commander up there, PJ Fleck, uh, being all greedy, but uh, that, that was pretty entertaining to see Frost cry a little bit after getting just waxed. But I don't know what's your deal with Nebraska, Tanner. I mean, like <laughs> you're all you've I'm been getting all, there with them. You've been all over them all year, and like I had like yeah, on they were kind of overhyped, but I feel like they've kind of come back down to earth. And maybe I don't watch enough college football to know that. How much hype they still get? I don't hear that much about. I mean, them. you just. I mean, Tanner's just salty. I feel like they're like the Dallas Cowboys, and they get hyped up every year, and they never live up to it. But then once again, the next year it's just like a cycle. But I will say, I was hoping they'd beat Minnesota. Minnesota is that West team I can't stand, and I think pretty much every Purdue fan feels that way. Yeah, I really feel dirty that I ever really considered P.J. Fleck as a potential coach for Purdue. Never forget Bob Kravitz during the bucket game in 2016 said uh, it was a done deal that he was becoming Purdue's next head coach, and he was way off. So, 
I wonder though if there was more to it. I don't know. I mean, I know they've been coming out saying like, "Oh, Brom was always the guy," but they're ever not going to say like we didn't get our number one choice or something. But unless you're Louisville last year, yeah, that's true. <laughs> now, Louisville fans are out. Tennessee, they're out four and two, and they want to build a statue for Scott Satterfield. So, I mean, it all worked out. Let him do it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But I, I better mention that this episode of the Boiler Breakdown, like it is every week, is brought to you by Shroff Landscaping. Shroff Landscaping brings you landscaping design, maintenance, irrigation, hardscaping, fall cleanup, and it's all done by licensed lawn applicators. Contact Shroff Landscaping today at 317-694-9763 or at 574-223-2769. Shroff Landscaping, design with you in mind. And we definitely appreciate them sponsoring the Boiler Breakdown podcast. All right, let's get right into the main thing of this episode. I think we now have a nickname for Jack Plummer for the Boiler Breakdown, uh, courtesy of really our friends at Boiled Sports, who came up with the uh, nickname Jack the Snack. I decided yesterday on our Twitter account I wanted to join in on the fun for us, and they retweeted it, and it got a bunch of votes. Um, Shout out to them. Yeah, let's see how what how many it uh, ended up with. Um, I know on Facebook there was like 35 votes, um, and Instagram didn't show me how many votes, but the same nickname won on all three, but ended up with 729 votes. On Twitter, uh, 51% like the nickname Cactus Jack, which I saw okay. that on uh, Golden Black on the message boards, and I like that. And um, I'm also a bit... It was a reference to something, wasn't uh, it? There Wasn't was there a pro a, wrestler a, that went by Cactus yeah, wrestler, Jack. Yeah, wrestler, So I like that, of course. And then it ties in with him being from Arizona. A lot of cactuses Arizona, out yep. there. Jack the Snack got 36% in other... Got other got thirteen percent, and I asked them to please comment. And a couple of them on here, the Jackhammer. I like that one a lot, actually. I will say mm-hmm. that that's a good one. Action Jack, um, Captain Jack, snack, like that one. snack time. <laughs> I like that one. I liked when you, <laughs> you know, snack time. Uh, <laughs> let's see that. That's a fact, Jack. That's not a bad one. Um, <laughs> Too much this to one, say. this one's a lot to say. Jack Smackdown Hammer Down Plumber. <laughs> uh, Cracker Jack. Uh, not not I mean, Jake Jack. Uh, I mean, how are yeah. there no how are there no plumber jokes? Like uh, everybody. Uh, there's yeah. some. There's some. <laughs> everybody kept it pretty clean. Um, but uh, so if you guys are down with endorsing it, I say we roll with a cactus jack and let Boiled Sports have Jack the Snack. Makes sense. Just just as long as he wins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a comment on there that <laughs> had been laughing pretty good. Uh, people can go yeah. check it out on Twitter. I'm not I'm not gonna call the person out, but <laughs> oh man. Um, anyways, cactus cactus Jack Plummer had a heck of a game. Saturday uh, he was 33 for 41 for 420 yards and three touchdowns uh, we kind of said last week on the podcast that we want to see him take a step forward he did that I think he shut everybody up and you got to wonder how much of that move of having the or Aiden O'Connell 
on the depth chart kind of lit a fire under him. Maybe, yeah. And I think the big thing also was zero interceptions. That was the big thing that stood out to me was we didn't turn the ball over aside from uh, Tario's fumble late in the game. But he – and I also want to – I can't remember how good Maryland's defensive line was, but I think it just showed how what he can do when he actually has time to throw. Mm-hmm. So when we get a good even a good offensive line or just if he just even has time – just you know, whatever schemes we run, he can he can get the ball out. Yeah, Maryland. I think I mentioned last week. I had read before uh, last week's game that Maryland's defensive line was the weakest we were going to play since Nevada. Um, but still, we had a bunch of new yeah. linemen in there on offense, and I thought they battled their butts off. I thought they played really well. And he, mm-hmm. only one sack, and that was really on Jack. He held the ball way too long, and after that, he felt like he corrected his mistakes. And yeah, yeah. He, I mean, I was very impressed. He, he, he did a lot of um, kind of elusiveness to kind of get mm-hmm. in the pocket just enough, get rid of the ball. I mean, he did a good job there with that. And what I felt was a big step was I don't know if I've ever been, like, more confident on, like, third down than I was <laughs> for some reason. Just seeing, like, oh, it's third and four. Oh, there's yeah. nine-yard slant over the middle to David Bell. I mean, yep. Purdue went a- over and over yeah. and over and felt, over. Felt like we were watching Purdue's defense for a couple years. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Eleven for eighteen on third down, and it felt like it was like eleven for twelve. Oh, yeah. Like I, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, he had time to throw. I mean, he he ended up being named a Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week, and I think it's deservingly so. David Bell, as you mentioned, Andrew mm-hmm. had a heck of a game. The, the kid just keeps getting better and better. He is so smooth. He's such a smooth route runner. Nine catches for one hundred thirty-eight yards, two touchdowns. He now leads Purdue's team in touchdown receptions with four. Um, and I feel like when it's a 50-50 ball, it's almost like 75-25 in David's favor. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he did that all the time in high school, and I, w- I was wondering how that was going to translate to D1 with, you know, granted he, he played in the best conference in the state of Indiana, if not the Midwest, or even probably some of the country, if you depending on who you ask. For basketball and football, both. <laughs> yeah, for basketball and football, yeah. Um, but he just... He made some very veteran moves for a true freshman, which was just makes you excited and And I don't I haven't heard as much recently, but I mean I thought Brom has made com- comments on like his Monday press conferences that Bell has not been like a hundred percent all year. No, his shoulder so, still behind him. So I mean he's big ten freshman of the week and he's has had a he's on kind of a really good stretch here the last three, four games, I mean, and he's not even a hundred percent healthy. And what Brom said he likes about him is he doesn't make excuses. He comes, gives full effort, and and I'm kind of reading between the lines. I think we have a few guys on the team that might get weeded out in in, in the offseason because I think we have some guys that haven't bought in or um, aren't playing through injuries that they could or maybe not playing as hard as they can, and we could speculate on that way down the road, but – the way the 2020 class is filling up, you've got to think yeah, something. Yeah, there's something <laughs> going <we> are... <laughs> on. Yeah. And, I mean, kind of back to that, um, I think, Evan, you mentioned the – or Tanner talked about the order between Plummer and O'Connell. Maybe it's Brom also wanted to be keep pushing that competitiveness. I mean, yeah, it could be part of it. People haven't bought in, but it's also like, hey, okay, if you don't want to play, like I'm going to go recruit more guys and kind of being yeah. that the class keeps growing and more offers are going out for the 2020 class that Brom's going to get – his guys in there or guys that are going to buy in. Absolutely. I I think you're 100% correct. I mean, I mean, we were 1 and 4 coming in this week. There's no or coming in, going in last week. There's no excuse not to have competition all across the board. So 
And sorry, one, uh-huh. one more thing to add. I mean, even even Plummer's Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week. I believe the depth chart still has an or between Plummer mm-hmm. and O'Connell. So I mean, that's just even even more so. Like, oh, hey, we're still uh-huh. okay. We're two, four. Yeah, you had a great week, but keep keep getting better. Yep. Yeah. Um, we finally got to see a resurgence of Bryson Hopkins. Uh, Ten Thank catches God. for 140 yards. If the ball was around him, he was going to catch it on Saturday. I don't think he puked during the game. So <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if he did at Penn State either. But uh, um, he, def- that was a little different. he definitely looked <laughs> yeah. full healthy. And it, it's it's amazing, finally, what, when the Titans can get some separation off the line, how they can help this offense. What was the stat for him? It was like the most catches by a tight end since Tim since Stratton Tim's- in yep. 2001. And against Washington yep. State, Sun, Sun is that Bowl, right? You got it. Yep. That's. I mean, I, I with tight ends like Dustin Kelly that we've had in the past, I cannot believe that we haven't thrown, you know, someone like him the ball more. I, I feel like back then we always said give the ball to Keller and good things happen, we, and we didn't give him the ball enough. <laughs> that's exactly what we said. No, Bryson's a stud. I mean, he, his uh, numbers on the year are up to twenty-four catches for three hundred forty-five yards, three touchdowns. And David Bell is up to 26 catches for 438 yards, three touchdowns. Rondell Moore still leads the team in receptions with 29, uh, 387 yards, two touchdowns. And why we're talking about stats, Plummer's up to 965 yards, seven touchdowns, four picks. Sindelar still has more yards. He has 978, <laughs> nine touchdowns, three picks. So That's just what sucks is just, just knowing what – could have mm-hmm. been with those two if they would have stayed mm-hmm. healthy just to see what they with just the numbers i could have put up but regardless win or lose just the numbers would have been ridiculous um you guys want to take a guess of when you think rondell will be back it's just a wild guess i know but a schedule um because they weren't ruling out that he, he i mean they, there's a possibility he could practice this week highly doubtful mm-hmm. but i got a game in mind yeah. but i'll let you yeah guys. did you say did you say Nebraska last week? I, I did. Yeah, I could see that. I was kind of same thing with Tanner. I was a little surprised that they seemed like yeah that there was a chance that he could practice. So I mean, I'm optimistic for Illinois, maybe. Yeah, I'm thinking Illinois or Nebraska. At least I mean, kind of like ease him back in, like they did with Full. Yeah. This past week, I mean, he got a handful of carries, mm-hmm. but. And then if, if it's not in Nebraska, I think we won't see him until the Wisconsin game because I, I, mean, I feel like he wouldn't play the Northwestern game. Then we have a bye week. They'd probably just give him that extra week. Do you think it could be weather dependent too? If, like, say we get yeah. some I think it's, crappy day in Illinois uh, for the Illinois game. if it, Or like, Wisconsin in November. <laughs> yeah, if it's, like, yeah at Wisconsin, if it's snowing yeah. and Rondell Moore's not 100%, I feel like, yeah, that's not Yeah, because you want to bring Rondell Moore back at Rondell Moore, even though a half Rondell Moore's mm-hmm. – better than most college football players anyways i'm sure but he he's so dynamic and just different you want that what makes him uh elusive out there so um mm-hmm. i thought jackson anthro played all right uh his numbers are so weird on the year he has 25 catches but only for 187 yards one touchdown a lot of short routes he i was pretty excited i liked how they used him and yeah. The motion they did. I mean, it was a lot of swing passes and, and stuff in the flat, so it's, okay, it goes for four yards. But, I mean, I know they talked about it a lot on TV, just, okay, it's second and six, or yeah. or if you it's second and nine, you get four yards. Okay, it's third and five, third and four, instead of third and nine again with because you throw an incomplete pass, and it was just so much more manageable. Um, 
I think he's just kind of a grinder. I like it. Consistent. And I don't think we'll see him used really in the backfield now that Tario's back and Richie Worship. It's interesting. He was full in full pads and everything. He was going through warm ups, but he didn't play and then he wasn't listening on the depth chart this week. So mm-hmm. I think he uh he was in full gear today at practice. Getting close. I mean so, all of a sudden running yeah. running back becomes a position of depth now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is nice. Yeah, and Hewitt, yeah. the other the other true freshman, he got Hewitt some, played. Yeah. Time. Mm-hmm. that was the first game did he, he got did in. Did he right? get any carries? I don't remember if he got. He any got carries, a if he was just handful. Up. Okay. The very first play he was um, in was the play action bomb to Milton Wright. He got four carries for nine yards. Which the Milton Wright touchdown. Tanner, I'm not sure if we were talking about it at the game, but he when he went to when he went to the end zone, he did a little jump and found out on uh, Twitter that he did that and. Honor of uh, Rondell's first touchdown last year against Northwestern. Rondell did a similar thing, but Rondell had a bit more space between him and the defender. Or Milton, didn't. He, yeah, he about got caught. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he did get caught. It was just uh, in the end zone. In the end zone, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He, he he probably he got, got there's your one. Um, I remember when yeah. uh, Robert Mars first game at Purdue, he did a flip in the end zone another day, <laughs> flip. and and it got, got a penalty, for like penalty and. It was his first touchdown in like a long time because, of course, he transferred uh-huh. from yeah. uh, Miami. Set up. Injuries Danny, and Danny shirt, hopes yeah. that there's your one. Like, you get one. <laughs> and then. Yep. So, um, but, no, overall, I thought it was just a really good day on offense, of course, and a good day on defense. Uh, Corey Trice, two picks, including a pick six. But, yet, he doesn't get defensive player of the week. They gave it to a guy from Minnesota who has 15 tackles. I'm thinking they saw it and they said – we don't want to give all three to Purdue. Why not? That was a bone. It's been a long year so far. Because, I mean, if if you've wanted to that, there's probably games like when Ohio State beats – or Penn State. Yeah. Penn State beat Maryland 52-0 to zero or something like that. You probably could have given it to, like, every single person. Yeah. <laughs> or when Ohio State plays Illinois. Anybody. <laughs> but, yeah, Corey Trice, I like the kid a lot. Redshirt freshman – uh, originally he was going to play safety, but then they saw Nita. Hasn't played cornerback since no, middle school. Saw Nita corner, and Jeff Brom says he's still raw. He's still very green at the, the position, but he's fearless because he just doesn't know any better. Mm-hmm. He tries hard. He does make excuses. He's the type of player Brom just really likes, and, and he's huge. He's yeah. huge for a corner. 6'3". 6'3", yeah, so. like 220. So, yeah, he's he's a big dude. He, uh, he played really well, of course. And he was he was the guy when he when they got him. Brahm always called him first guy off the bus type player because he's just a big body and you want your biggest guys off the bus first and so intimidation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you just add the dreads. It's awesome. Um, I got some defensive stats here on the year. A few guys. Um, can you tell me who leads Purdue in tackles? Ben Holt. Yeah, can ben you tell Holt. me by how much? Like forty. He's <laughs> pretty darn close. He has sixty. The next closest is Karloftis at 29. And then Karloftis has – Which is crazy. Yeah. yeah. Which is crazy that he's – okay, he's a true freshman, but he's also a defensive end. He's not like a or a linebacker who's playing in space more. I mean – 29 tackles and four sacks for a true freshman. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he had that much That's, or that many. That's yeah, awesome. He's just a beast. and uh, He's just everywhere. We'll talk about his little which, brother a little later in the episode a little bit. But uh, – I wish we had a lot more Karloftises. Karloft died. Karloft died. I like it. I like it. Uh, 
You ready to hop into the Iowa game, Andrew's least favorite Big Ten team? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, get the heck out of Indiana. Quit recruiting all these Indiana yeah, people. Yeah, David Bell's going to have her. Specifically David Bell's going to have some reunion. Uh, Ooh, reunion revenge. Yeah, not revenge game. Yeah. A little reunion with a couple of his teammates up there that they came and got yep. from Warren Central. But uh, Purdue's fared well all time in this series. They lead 48-38-3. to to That was helped by uh, Purdue winning 20 straight from the year 1961 <laughs> to 1980. Yeah. What a time to be alive. 61 to 1980, huh? Was, was pretty very good that, during yeah. that time? 60s we were. Yeah, was Iowa just that it, bad? Or? Yeah, Iowa. My, my dad was telling me the other day how when he was in college, <laughs> Iowa and Wisconsin. Iowa and Wisconsin was just the basement. They sucked. So mm, Just weird. Uh, now they're good every year. And, uh, yeah, and Iowa's longest win streak in the series is nine from 83 to 91. Um, Purdue has won two in a row in the series. So Jeff Brom's 2-0 against Iowa. Kirk Ferentz is 10-6 and six against Purdue. He's been at Iowa since 99. He's the longest 10-year Division I coach by far. Um, it's interesting because I went back and I remember Purdue winning there in 2012, which was Purdue's first win at Kinnick since 94. Was that like a game-winning by field goal? Paul Griggs, yep. Yeah. 47-yarder yeah. and mm-hmm. then... Purdue went on to beat Illinois and Indiana to get into a bowl game. Um, beat the eyes at the end. Um, yeah. But the interesting thing, I, I was looking back in this series, I'm like, wait a second, it doesn't match up. If we played them on the road in 2012, how do we play them on the road in 2016? Well, we played them back-to-back years at home in 2013 and 2014 because in 2014, when Maryland and Rutgers joined the conference, they, they realigned realignment. East yeah. and West from the Legends of Leaders, which – I got a little quiz. I got a stupid little quiz. name. <laughs> a little quiz for you guys. Can you tell me who was in the Legends Division in the Leaders Division? I, uh, Legends were like all the M's. I remember something weird like that. I couldn't remember which one Purdue was in. We were in the Leaders because we That's definitely what I were not Legends. Well. <laughs> I just remember we were not. We were. I think Legends had like Michigan, Michigan State. Did it have Ohio State? No, they're in the okay. That's why that's we played them in those years. Um, You're right with the M's. Oh, All the man. M's were in the Legends. Michigan, Michigan State, Minnesota yeah. were in the Legends. I forgot about Minnesota. Try to forget and about then them. Then you also. Um, you had, oh, go ahead. You can guess. Yep. Trying to think. There was something like with the I's and the P's were all in the same one. Is that am close? I, there was one one I close. team in the Legends. Iowa? And that was Iowa, and they were going to be. Says, a, yeah, that'd be I Iowa. Think they were our cross division. They're going to be our cross were, division that, rival. I do remember which that. Which I didn't yes. understand why yeah, Northwestern wasn't going to be because up until Nebraska joined, Purdue would play Illinois, Northwestern, and Indiana every single year. For some reason, Northwestern was protected, um, and I don't know. But so your legends, you had Iowa, Michigan, Michigan State, Minnesota, Nebraska, and Northwestern. Your leaders was Illinois, Indiana, Ohio State, Penn State, Purdue, and Wisconsin. God. <laughs> and then Purdue really lucked out when they got in the West instead of the East. East. Thank you, Bloomington, yeah. for being slightly more so, East. Yeah, the Legend Leaders uh, was around for three years. <clears throat> it was, was dumb. stupid. I, I, I honestly thought it was only a it year. Was three. It, it felt like <laughs> a year. I, yeah. I never understood it, and I was glad that they got rid of it. Yeah, it's just. I, I, under, I kind of understood the reasoning. It still was dumb, though. 
Yeah, because didn't they – they went to a bunch of awards too. Like wasn't like the, the best QB award. Greasy Breeze like, or something like that. Yeah, yeah I knew I knew Breeze was one of them. And then, yeah, they had like – they went after – which I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah, just that whole that whole era when uh, Nebraska joined and, yeah, just odd. And, and then Rutgers, that one's really worked out for the Big Ten. I bet they if they could do it over again, I, I don't think that New York City market's worth that. No. Was it like Pitt? I thought like Pittsburgh was one that like was always kind of talked Pittsburgh about. Pittsburgh and Missouri. Get Syracuse. Do Pitt- something. Pittsburgh and Missouri yeah. were always rumored. Then that fell through. Of course, Notre Dame was always a rumor. And yeah, Syracuse, UConn wanted to join, but their academics aren't good enough, I guess, or something. And uh, Syracuse. I feel like Syracuse, it'd be hard to leave the ACC Syracuse and Louisville That's were a- kind of a, um, yeah. When, once the Big East broke up, the original Big East, Syracuse, Louisville, Pitt all kind of just went to the. ACC, um, yeah. That's right. I forgot Syracuse was in the Big East because they're always in the Big East tournament. Duh. So, uh, look at Iowa on paper. They're 4-2, coming off losses at Michigan and at home against Penn State. So, two pretty talented teams, two really good defenses they've lost to. But Nate Stanley, for a senior quarterback, isn't putting up that great in numbers. He's 124 for 203 for 1,511 yards. Nine touchdowns and four picks. I read he's only has a 52 completion percentage against the blitz, so he really struggles against the blitz. Uh, he has, but yeah, <laughs> doesn't everybody struggle against well, the blitz? You would think, but I, I don't. <laughs> How good's the offense? I mean, usually the offensive line's pretty solid. I mean, I'm trying to think like, okay, who was blitzing? Was it Penn State or was it like Iowa State? I don't know. That's on the <laughs> season. So he's 64.6 yeah. percent completion when there's no blitz. He loves throwing over the to the uh, to the middle of the field, uh, middle screens and tight ends. He's like twenty five for twenty five, but their tight ends have only had ten catches all year, which is un Iowa like. But they did. They had two tight ends drafted and, last and year. Yeah, the they had two first rounders. That yeah, might be why. I mean, they lost a lot of talent. There. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Also, unlike Iowa, their linebackers are poor this year. Usually, they always have good linebackers. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have the second best defensive player in the Big Ten, in my opinion, and AJ uh, Epineza. I think Chase Chase Young from uh, Ohio State's the best, and he's right behind. And I read today that his sister was a Boilermaker. She played volleyball, and our last coaching staff didn't even try to recruit him. Where, cool. where is he from? I don't know, but I don't care. <laughs> I mean, well, there was. I looked. Okay. I saw something. Yeah. Glenn, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, Glenn Carbon, Illinois. I was looking that up as, as I knew I saw that too, Tanner. So I was trying to figure out if he's from like Indianapolis hey, or something. God, go ahead, Webby. Well, there was a. I saw a, Brian Newer posted something on the board the other day of how back in one of Hazel's recruit. I think it was his last recruiting class. We had two guys, offensive linemen. One who's at Michigan State now, and one who is at. Uh, he's at some other big school, but they were committed, and then they decommitted when. Hazel got fired or around, or they saw the writing on the wall. And it's like, man, mm-hmm. your defensive line can be a little bit better right now. That's probably why we didn't re- recruit Kronk, the Lafayette kid who's now at IU with a They still should leg. have recruited him, though. <laughs> but yeah, he's that's, in your backyard. That's, that's like not recruiting George Karloftis. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, we've got two other defense events committed. Yep. So, uh, yep. And then uh, Iowa, this was an interesting stat. They have 1,088 rushing yards, but 692 of those yards are after contact. Right. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they are led in rushing by uh, – um, Good luck, Tanner. 
I can't even read my writing. <laughs> I know his last name's Sergeant, uh, but yeah, as Mekhi, I don't know M E K H I. I don't know how to say yeah. that. Sergeant, we'll say Sergeant. Aye. He has yep. 329 rushing yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Torin Young has 313 yards, one touchdown. So they're kind of like a three-headed monster here. Tyler uh, Goodson has 252 yards, no touchdowns. So, and then uh, receiving wise, uh, Amir Smith. Uh, I really need to write better. Um, <laughs> Arset, I believe, is my writing. 24 receptions for 386 yards, three touchdowns. Brandon Smith also has 24 receptions, 301 yards, four touchdowns. So those two guys are really their passing game right there. So, um, like I said, watch out for uh, Epineza. I mean, I don't know how we're going to guard him. He's He leads their team with three sacks. They also have a – he's a defensive he? end. And they also have cool. a good defensive tackle in uh, Cedric Lattimore. Um, they have four takeaways as far as interceptions on the year as a defense, ten sacks, three forced fumbles, which they recovered all three of them. So – so they're they're due. I think Purdue's due to have a fumble or two and recover one. Yep, yep. So uh, there's uh, it's kind of your break breakdown. How are the defense? Did, have any stats on their defensive backs? I didn't write any. Um, I've got their stats up. What do you want to know, Webby? They. I, don't know, I know they stats. all had. They combined know. for the four interceptions, I believe. Yeah, one guy has okay. two. Michael Ojemudie, defensive back. Breakups. Yep. He's all, yeah. But it, it'll be interesting. I mean, Brahms, you know, we went up there two years ago. Nobody thought we had a chance. We pulled out a win on senior day, upset them at Rossi last year when they ranked 16th. Um, you know, Jack Plummer's second road, Cactus Jack Plummer's second second road <laughs> start, but it's a tough environment, but it's not not tougher than Happy Valley. So, no. And I feel like the last two times we played them, it always seems like Brahms been able to figure out a way to somehow get the deep ball on them for some reason. I have no idea how. You had Anthony Mahungu uh, last year. I think, didn't, was it Terry Wright had a good game against yep. him last year? Yeah, so, obviously means David Bell's going to go off for, like, six touchdowns. Well, it was a, one of his five finalists, <laughs> so. Along with Penn State, Purdue, IU, Ohio State. It's interesting that this is uh, Brahms' third year against Iowa and third different quarterback. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm about that. So, uh, we shall see. It's uh, it's always a fun one. I, I, I always like beating Iowa, even though I don't like – I like Ferentz. I don't mind him. But I, I do get mad when they come into our state and get good recruits. I think it's gotten better, though. That was – since Brom – I don't think there's nearly as many. Yeah. I think this stems from like two years ago when like five guys from Indiana went to Iowa. And I think David Bell's class, they were recruiting him hard. And there were a couple – I think there was an offensive lineman – from Warren Central, who yeah. went there. And a defensive back who I th- think was commit. I don't know. I didn't think he went there, too. I can't remember where. He was from Indianapolis as well that Purdue recruited. That's um, yeah, just frustrating. Well, well during late, late in the Tiller years, um, Warren Central's coach was so frustrated with how he used Desmond Tardy, who was Mr. Football in Indiana, and he was like a legend mm-hmm. at Warren Central. He said, he said why he was there. Or at least for a couple of years, he yeah. wasn't going to send any more players to Purdue. So Iowa, Iowa, and Virginia Tech came in and got some. They started having players get out of state. So I think that's kind of been and I, resolved. Mm-hmm. And I think I remember watching like on the game on the game at Iowa a couple of years ago. They even talked about like the the Indianapolis pipeline, and they listed like twenty players from Indianapolis like on the roster or something stupid. And like that's that. Yeah, there's a 
a kid from Warren Central, uh, class of 2018, Julius Brents went there. Kid from North Central, Donald Johnson, also a cornerback. You had Tyrone Tracy from Decatur Central. I think his brother is at IU as a receiver. So we recruited him. Yeah, then also Justin Britt as the offensive lineman who went there last year, whose teammates at David mm-hmm. Bell. So yeah, that, Purdue, other, that Purdue could have used. Yeah, I think yeah, their their hashtag last year was like Swarm nineteen, and I was getting real sick of it. <laughs> I think those days are done. I feel like I haven't heard about them in Indiana nearly as Good. much. Good, stay out. Um, well, let's while we're kind of on topic of recruiting, let's hit on some recruiting news from Purdue over the past week. Uh, We'd kind of been alluding to it past few weeks that Purdue was in line to probably get some really good news on October 11th. They got one commit, not two, like we kind of expected originally, but uh, they got Malik Carr, four-star uh, wide receiver from Michigan, a uh, big wide receiver, uh, 6'5", big 235 tank. pounds. It's kind of unlike anything Purdue's ever really got. Um, he had offers from just about everybody when it comes to college football, and he's going to walk – Final two are us in Georgia, yep. so yeah. there you and, go. And he's got to walk on uh, the basketball team, too. So not only did Brom beat Kirby Smart out for a recruit, Matt Painter beat Tom Cream for a recruit. About time he did that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he didn't do that very wow. often. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think one thing that drew uh, Malik Carr to Purdue was not only the opportunity to also play basketball, but an opportunity to play wide receiver instead of tight end, um, which – also, uh, Which sorry, go ahead. Purdue kind of uses Bryson Hopkins kind of like a wide receiver, even though he mm-hmm, blocks mm-hmm. too. But I'd say he's more of a, you know, wide receiver kind of like they used to use Dustin Keller one time. And I mean, yeah. Car Car's going to enroll early in January, and he's coming in in the class right after two really good tight ends that Purdue has this year. That I don't know if they're going to be able to redshirt. I think one Garrett Miller. I don't think he's played much. I saw Kyle Billadeo. Billadeo, yeah. yeah. How do you say Billadeo? I know he's played a little bit. I don't know. I think the plan, I know they were trying to potentially redshirt them because they like Payne Durham and Bryson Hopkins. But then when uh, Pittman mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. left after a couple games, the other tight end, I know that there was, they thought that might be a little harder. But, I mean, he could be coming in. But a good thought where Purdue's got two really good young tight ends that they don't necessarily need Carr to play tight end. So that gives them a lot more flexibility to use Carr kind of however they want, which will be exciting. I think, I think something, too, with him that you don't really see a lot with that caliber of player is I think he was actually drawn to Purdue because of all the good wide receivers we had, where usually guys like that want to go be the guy somewhere else. But because he, he understands that with the attention that Rondell Moore is going to get, with now David Bell is going to get, and you know, right. Wright, and or even Amari Anderson. Anderson now. Yeah, so he's going to have his opportunities to, to get the Jared ball. Jared Sparks, Jackson <laughs> and, Anthrop. Yeah. Uh, uh, get him in yeah, the red the zone guys, and just throw TJ the ball Sheffield. up. <laughs> get him yeah. in the red zone and throw Ryan the ball Sheffield, up. Sheffield, Sullivan, Max yeah. Melton. Um, Marcellus Moore next Max, year. I meant not Max Melton. I meant Marcellus Moore. Um, yeah, yeah. Melton's the DB. Yeah, I got yeah, – yeah. I'm confused. But, yeah, I'm, I'm already getting excited. <laughs> I know I was excited this year about the past target options next year. It's, it's going to be fun. But, like I said, wouldn't be surprised if we lose one or two guys out of that group. Um just kind of speculating, but uh, also got an unexpected commitment from a, a position of need. A old lineman from Mi- also from Michigan, a Nalen Fox, who was committed to Toledo. Mm-hmm. I don't really know much about him. I think it was a very recent thing. I think, I think it was a very recent thing where they kind of just reached out and um, offered, and they, I know he 
he said, from what I read, is he didn't want to publicize it because of being committed to Toledo. But he came and visited and just fell in love with it. And then we all, I know we also are recruiting a JUCO uh, offensive lineman plays up in the Chicago land area at a, at a junior college, and I think he's going to take a visit probably. And Max Schumann, I believe is his name, Schumann or Schumann. I don't really know how you pronounce that. Yeah. I trust you. <laughs> yep. Yep. So uh, yeah, Purdue's definitely trying to get some linemen. Um, which is which is smart. Um, they also have had two uh, big time junior in state prospects visit. Uh, Yanni Karloftis, George's little brother, that plays linebacker at West Lafayette, or at least he might play D line in high school, but he'll probably play linebacker in college. He also plays like yeah. tight end too. Uh, he's on, once again like George. He's going to be offered by everybody. He already is pretty much. Already is. Um, yeah. I know Harbaugh's on him so hard. Is, uh, Ryan Day. Mattis. Yeah, really? is it the Matt? Is it Mattis or Madison or something? The guy who went from Michigan to Ohio State as like the linebacker mm, coach. Who that's right. Recruited yeah, George. About him. He recruited yeah. George really hard at Michigan, and then now he's at Ohio State. So now he's recruiting Yanni really hard at. Ohio It'll State. be interesting because according to Brian Newbert, Yanni definitely kind of wants to be his own person, and uh, but yet, you know, he probably will only get a play if he comes to Purdue. He probably only get play with George one year because George is probably going to be a three year guy. Most likely, I mean, on the pace he's on right now. Um, if he wasn't, if he's a four-year guy, maybe that's more enticing to Yanni to play two years with George. But even to play one year, that could be pretty cool for that family to just be able to go to all the games and not have to worry about not watching Yanni play. Even though it is only for one year, they would have to make that adjustment, most likely. Um, I don't know. I just I just have a good feeling about this one. I don't know why. I just I have a good feeling about this one. I'm, I feel a little better. I don't know. A couple months ago, if he had asked me, I would have said he's going to Ohio State. Now I feel like it's a little more positive for Purdue. I don't know why. Just because he's – obviously he's been at Purdue. I think because he can game. see seeing his brother dominate, you know, and just seeing how everyone embraces him and the early playing time he gets. And I'm sure he's cut, I mean, he's cut from the same cloth, so it's, I'm sure it's going to be a similar situation with him. So, I mean, I think he's come to games about every game from what I understand. So he's – constantly around the program so hopefully that just b- bodes well, well and really in recruiting in general i mean Purdue's pretty much promised early playing time and you can make immediate <laughs> impact to like ronda moore david bell and george Kaloftis. and they've it's look look how it's worked yeah. out all through. So that's a huge recruiting yeah. pitch to all these recruits out there of high talent hey this is what we're gonna do with you like you come here this is how we're gonna use you and then we say it we they mean say it. it they mean it and they show it it's right there in results and Purdue. And Purdue can say that to Yanni, who you're going to be a linebacker. And it's like, we have very little depth at linebacker, and you could step in right now versus, yeah, Ohio State, Michigan. I don't know what they're like. I'm assuming they're going to have a little more talent on the roster than Purdue has. So they have, definitely to get playing time early on. They have on. the pitch that like Matt Painter can use when he's trying to go against a huge blue blood. Like, uh, you come to Purdue, you can be a star. You go there, you're probably going to – come off the bench or you might even get recruited over at least that's what i'm hoping he's telling max christie but <laughs> um, and then one more oh, uh, recruiting note for football also another uh, 2021 recruits a quarterback from the indianapolis area donovan mccauley uh, visited and it seemed to really enjoy his visits and, and and him and yanni both seemed to like wearing the moon helmets in their uh twitter <laughs> pictures so did you get one did you get one of your, did you get the moon helmet get, the mini helmet was pre-ordered it's pre-ordered. It won't oh, be here until de- hasn't de- come yet. December. 
Okay. Yeah. Be here in 2022. Yeah, it might be by that time. There are three <laughs> variations of it. We we'll be back we on also the moon had, by then. <laughs> we also had a running back, a big running back recruit. I feel like yeah, from was Ohio. On yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, yep. It's uh bringing some. Yeah, they're keeping the momentum going. That's for sure. And then we got a big basketball recruit that we uh, talked about a little bit last week. He's officially visiting this weekend. Literally, literally big. big. He's uh, huge. Zach Eady, I believe. Is that him? Edie. Edie. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like yeah. Baylor's still gonna be a player for him. So. Which is weird. He reclassed. He was supposed to be in the 2021, and I forgot. No, because Baylor got a commit, got a recent yeah. commitment from Zach Loveday, which I guess they're telling him he can play the four. Which um, I gotta believe that, but. Kind of, we were on Zach a little bit for a while, and then Painter backed off for unknown reasons. Rem- but reminds me a lot of the recruitment of Matt Harms. A lot. Yep, came out of nowhere. And that's worked out pretty well for Purdue. So. Mm-hmm. We're also looking. I know uh, a recent uh, Indiana player, um, Dre Davis from Lawrence Central, which is. If people remember, that's also we were recruiting his teammate, uh, Jake LaRavia, a little bit. We never really offered him. He ended up going to Indiana State, but he re- he's been committed to Nebraska for well over a year. And then I think with the coaching change, he decided to decommit this week. And I think he's been talking to like Cincinnati and Xavier. And Little but Painter's going to visit him tomorrow. Yeah, Painter's going to visit him tomorrow in home. So we'll see. I know his younger brother, 2022 <clears throat> recruit, is pretty freaking good. So it could just be a way also to get in front of his little brother, Interesting too. that he doesn't want to play for Hoiberg. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have no idea what's going on there, but he says proximity to home might be a big factor. So you think probably like a Purdue IU, uh, Xavier, Cincinnati, Ohio State maybe. I'm not sure if uh, Andrew's boy's been in uh, there yet. Sure. <laughs> Hey, I think I think Butler's recruiting him too. Yeah, Butler's recruiting him too. You're right. I forgot we about that cannot one. talk about pretty, Butler pretty close recruiting battles, battles on this podcast. Um, <laughs> Conflict um, of interest. Sorry, I just got a notification that I think it's kind of related. Carson Edwards is on fire. Makes eight threes and a quarter. It eight says threes and a quarter. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I had the box. Dude, he's gonna take this league by storm. I'm telling you. Uh, yep, he's got thirty points. <laughs> nine of who nine they, of fifteen from three. Who are they playing? The Cavs. Somebody get year. on our Twitter right now and start tweeting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on it. Oh man, that's awesome. He good for him. Hey, and speaking of former Purdue players, this is way off topic from the NBA, but the XFL draft <laughs> going on today. There's been three Purdue guys drafted. The Angelo Yancey, they they did them by um Skill position, and then linemen. They so they um, kind of divide them up. D'Angelo Yancey was the third overall player selected at the skill positions, which I thought was pretty cool. And Kirk Barron also got yeah. drafted, and Jalen Robinson. Um, I think mm. there's five or six other Purdue players that are eligible. Um, so we will see. Cool. Hopefully, they can use that exposure and get back. In the league. And another note. Um, since uh, I am a big Denver Broncos fan, I was watching them play the Titans the other day, and a guy came in for the Titans, got a carry, Dalen Dawkins. I'm thinking, Dalen Dawkins, Dalen Dawkins. Uh, you remember he was on the 2013 mm-hmm. Purdue team as a freshman, got some carries as a scat back, then transferred to Colorado State. Well, with him getting a mm-hmm. carry, that 2013 Purdue team had four NFL running backs on it. Akeem, Akeem Hunt, Hunt, Raheem Mostert. 
Moster, Dawkins, and... Brandon caught him. He was he, technically uh, a practice squad, but he's yeah. still in the NFL. So, wow. for a one-win team, that's pretty incredible. <laughs> yep. So, uh, yeah. He was 7 of 8 from 3 in the third quarter. This says he made 8 threes in the quarter. This was all... I mean, uh, well, this is from Boulder Ball. This was also from, like, 20 minutes ago. So. Outdated. Evan, outdated. Sorry. That's uh, that's shooting the rock. That's for sure. He's start, he's uh, uh, starting off where he left off in March. Yeah, I just kept it going. You guys ready to pick some games? Are we gonna do the uh, Big Ten coaches in five years like you did on the Tan J Man show? Sure. If you guys want to? <laughs> not gonna top that. Not not gonna top that performance you guys by weigh, weigh your co-host, your, uh, but opinion. Uh, let's see if I still have. For those who don't know, Tanner has another podcast called The Tan and J-Man Show. Uh, I don't think I have my notes, but oh, I, can, I can remember, I think, kind of off the top we of could do a, Yeah, we can do a handful. Um, yeah, do a handful. I'm going to say, like, I have no idea where some of these guys have time. Like, Maryland's yeah. coach, like, I have no like, He's yeah. got to fire. This came... Be honest, you, you mentioned some coach, and I was like, I have no idea who he even coaches yeah. for, so I couldn't even this tell came... you. I was like, DJ Durkin isn't still no. coach. <laughs> no. So, uh, Ryan Day, Ohio State, where do you think he'll be in five years? Yeah. I think he'll still be there. I mean, the way I thought they were going to take a step back this year, and boy, was I wrong. Yeah. Now, it's also still a lot of uh, what's-his-face's recruits. I can't uh, – Urban's Urban. recruits, so we'll see how – but, I mean, it's Ohio State. The name recruits itself, so we'll see how good of an X's and O's coach he is. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be surprised if he's not. I, I mean – I don't know. This, did he go to Ohio State? I, I don't know what his background is. I, don't I think know. he's no still idea. there, and it wouldn't shock me if he has a national title within those five years. Oh, I mean, not at all. Could yeah. be this year. I mean, could be yeah. this year. Yeah. Um, let's let's stay in the East. Uh, Jim Harbaugh. Absolutely not at Michigan. Yeah, I think he's gone. I think he's gone. I was hoping he's going to be gone on Saturday when they would hopefully lose to Illinois, but that well, didn't I mean, happen. I hope. I hope, but I hope he's. At, I think like, he's gone. I hope he's at like. USF or something like he, he won't stoop down that low. <laughs> I think give it two years this year, counting this year. So I think if he they're gonna get boat raced by Ohio State this year, and I think he's gonna have one more year. And if it's which I think is still too much, but I, I cannot see him surviving five years unless just the Michigan fan base is just apathetic and just fine with him going eight and four, nine and three, and getting destroyed by Ohio State and. Well, you know what's interesting about Michigan is you go look at Boshan Beckler, legend around the college football game, great coach at Michigan. He didn't win too many national titles, though. So, I don't know. It's But it, it is hard to see. I mean, we're talking in the year 2024. If Harbaugh's still there, he's been there for a decade. No chance. No he's been chance. on the hot seat, like, ever since, like, year two. I mean, there's no yeah. way he's, he's going to be on the hot seat unless he wins. Still can't develop a quarterback. Yeah, I, I, even though he is a quarterback, I don't think he's there either. Um, I don't think he goes. I don't think the NFL is interested in him again. No, um, mm-hmm. I could see him. I'll say he's either at another Power Five school or he's a TV analyst. Jeez, I say he's, I think he's. I pick TV if anything. I can't see him. Oh God, where he would go. He'd go to like he'd he'd go to like the Pac-12. There once. Yeah, I would say out west. I'd say if if he's anywhere, I'd say he's out west. Maybe like UCLA somewhere that's like 
not a big name, but not great. Because he went from San Diego University or University of San Diego, whatever it's called, to Stanford. Yeah. To the 49ers. He was good at Stanford. To Michigan. He had Andrew yeah. Luck. Went to a Super Well, yeah, he had to recruit Andrew Luck. He had Andrew believe, towards the end, and then he left, and Brian Shaw had Andrew Luck. True. But, yeah. But he also beat uh, USC when he was a 41-point underdog. That's kind of what got Stanford like going again, like for the first time uh, since John Elway. Forty-one yeah. points. Yeah, it was. They, they compared that with the Appalachian State Michigan upset. Which one was bigger? Because uh, it was at USC. This was when USC was USC, like USC. Like, yeah, yeah. That's true. Reg was that? It wasn't fun. like Reggie Bush, like Matt Lyon. No, it was after that. Was but probably, it was like just after yeah. those. Yeah, but it was probably like the uh, Carroll and. Yeah. Probably pre-Sam Darnold. Oh, definitely before Sam Darnold. Mark San- the Sanchez? I think it was Sanchez because I don't think it was John David Booty. They, they weren't be. good with John David Booty. No. I forgot what a that name, existed. John David Booty. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Next. Uh, next uh, Michigan State. Mark D'Antonio. <laughs> Five years. He's not old enough to retire. I feel like I would look this up. I yeah. pretty old. Younger. I thought he was younger than I thought, jail. though. <laughs> I was say jail. He should be in jail. Yeah. He's still gonna be there. He'll still Michigan, be there. He's sixty-three yeah. years old right now. He'll still be there. Okay, that's uh, yeah. See, yeah. I think he's retired. I, I, I think yeah. he's retired in five years. I think he. I mean, more years. scandal stuff comes out, and he's like, whatever. I'm done. Mich- Michigan State will sleep under the rug. Izzo will wear a ribbon, and everybody will be. <laughs> Burn it to the ground. Uh, yeah, seriously, it's just ridiculous how they. Just goes away. Uh, Maryland, Mike Loxley. No idea. So this, this is <laughs> first year. First year. Uh, he's out year three. Yeah, that's, I don't know. I think he's still there, or I think he's on the hot seat. If he's, I don't know. I think he's he still can there. recruit really well. So I see if he gets him to like two bowls within five years, he's still there. How many wins three, they have this three, year? Three. three. I mean, they were ranked at one point this year. Um, I mean, it's his first year. You got to think like Maryland's not like Michigan, where they expect nine, ten wins in a college football playoff or a Big Ten championship like every other year. I don't think. I don't know Maryland fans or the fan base that much, but I'm assuming like it's going to be similar to Purdue, where it's like he's going to get four years to get his guys develop them. If he has one decent year in there, then they'll give him five or six. I mean, to see what he can do, I think so. You changed my mind. I'll Here's an interesting one: uh, Penn State James Franklin. I think he's gone. I either I keep thinking USC because everyone else keeps saying USC. Um, I don't know if he'd go to the NFL. I uh, probably would go to the NFL, but I, I don't know what oh, NFL. I don't know if he has that. Like, I feel like the NFL, if they're going to pull from college, you're going to have to have like a kind of offensive identity. Yeah, that's true. Like Jeff Brom. Uh, <laughs> um, the podcast I got this discussion from, two guys said USC once at Alabama. I mean, he's a good coach. Yeah, I heard that. That, is re- that, is res- that. that seat is reserved for Davo Sweeney. <laughs> you think he's going to – I mean – He went to Alabama, yes. What if Urban wants it? I don't it? know. He's got a pretty good thing going. What if, what? What if uh, Saban stays a little longer, Urban stays on TV, and then Urban wants it if Saban retires like in two or three years? I mean, that, yeah, wouldn't it be nice to have your choice? Okay, Urban's not. Urban's a little dirty. <laughs> Urban or Dabo, take your pick. I mean, that, that's yeah. a nice position to be in. How many? How many times between the two guys? Like five. He, I mean, Urban won two. One with Florida. He no, he won three. Two with Florida. Two with Florida. One with Ohio State. Dabo's won two. Three. 
two and two? three, three appearances. Two, so five, yes. So f yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, so five national with you guys. Yeah, we'll I'll, I'll say he's still there. I, I'm gonna say USC. Um, I think if USC yeah. goes away from um, Helton, it's either Urban or James Franklin. Uh, uh, Rutgers, who Chris Ash isn't their coach. Um, I guess guess take a guess who their next coach is gonna be next year. <laughs> oh lord! I think it's gonna be Greg Schiano. I think he's coming back. I forgot about him. Because yeah. he, why I think that is, makes sense. he was the Patriots defense coordinator for about a week or two in March and then resigned. And the rumor has it he mm. wanted to leave his name out there in case the Rutgers job came open again. Why? I don't know. <laughs> he should be Tennessee's guy, coach right now. I was going to say, he, he went from the Tennessee coach to being fired by the mob. <laughs> now back to Rutgers? It's either him, him or Butch Jones, not in my, sure which place in my is opinion. Oh, <laughs> uh, Butch. God, Butch and Rutgers. Do not, do not bring Butch Jones into, into the Big Ten. Daryl Hazel is back. Could be. You never know. If it's Rutgers, anything could happen. And then <laughs> lastly in the East, Indiana, Tom Allen. Coach in high school where he belongs. If they somehow get like eight wins this year, he's not going to do. He'll still be oh, there in five see. years if they get eight yeah. wins. If he, they get eight wins, they're going to give him like a lifetime. Build contract. a statue. <laughs> rename the field. Heck, rename the basketball court. <laughs> eight wins, beating Eastern um, Illinois, Ball State. I, I think he's a defensive coordinator at a Power Five school in five years. You think yeah. so? I mean, he seems to be a good defensive coach. Yeah, I mean, even I, though his team's not that good defense right now, so that's kind of if they, if, I'm with you. If, <laughs> if they get to a, yeah, if they, if they, when was the last time you had a good defense? I don't remember one. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, if he gets them to like two bowls in the next like three years, and he's still there, like if they get to a bowl this year oh, and yeah. they win yeah. next year, they're they're there. But, I mean, just that's I don't even. You said eight wins, like which. Should happen because, like Evan, you said, when they played three Division two teams, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and then Rutgers. Oh, that Maryland game this week would be interesting. That's going to be a big one for them going forward. So. At, at Maryland, yeah. We'll get that into that game in a little bit, but we'll go through the, through the West real quick. Starting off with Purdue's opponent this weekend, Iowa. Kirk Ferentz, where's he at in five years? Still there. He's retired by then, I think. I think he's retired, and they already – I've heard – I've read his son's the coach in waiting at Iowa already. So really, so it's, does he have any experience other than assistant coaches? Like, is he? Nope. I I honestly didn't know. Yeah, Ferentz like there for like fifty yeah, years. He's been there since ninety nine, twenty years. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. So I think he's retired. But if he's not retired, he's still there. Uh, Pat Fitz, Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern. He's there for another like. 30 years. Yeah, he's not he's going anywhere. No. <laughs> he's they'll never, they'll never fire him unless he leaves for a job, which he's no. already had opportunities. I think, he, I think mm-hmm. he's, he's still not there. going anywhere. All right. Especially with the way the – I mean, he's got a chance in the West this year, not. But, I mean, you don't have Ohio State, Michigan, Ohio, Penn State. so Penn, Northwestern's 1-4 this year. And they play yes, Ohio State Friday night at home. Yeah. They should have been so much better. I had them going 10-2 in my preseason predictions. I, I knew they weren't having a great year, but I thought that meant they were like, yeah, three and two or two and three, not one and four. Uh, the boat director, conductor, McDonald's worker, PJ Fleck. If he's not gone this year, he's gone next year. No, else. yeah, there's no chance he's still there. 
Yep. He's, he's going to jump around every, like, two or three years. You know that. He'll, he'll, he'll jump around until he gets, like, an SEC job, like a A&M. Tennessee. Or, yeah, Tennessee. He'd he look good I in mean, that bright orange. Oh, my God. <laughs> he, I could see him either. He's got to go somewhere with a bright color, like Tennessee or UCLA if Chip gets canned and with a bright powder yeah. blue. He's got to go. He's not staying at Minnesota in five years. He's using a stepping no. stone. He's trying to go up. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a. If they win, if they win, like if they could go eight. No, if they like win ten games, I think he is gone. Yeah, it'll be interesting, but I don't think he's there in five years. Scott Frost, Nebraska, interesting one. Here. This one, I this yeah, one's like Michigan, where they just have high expectations. I think, but he is like the chosen one. And you have the danger of having the chosen one as your coach and not. Doing so far, very well. I wouldn't say. I mean, it's only midway through year two. Year but two. It's not going as smooth as I think they envisioned. No, but just with the injury to, to Martinez, which Wandell Robinson and he's got hurt some, Saturday. Wandell Robinson, yeah. Five years seems like a long time, <clears> just because just for what we've seen. I I think like a, yeah. I, yeah, I think he's still I think there. he's still there. I mean, because he is so. He's got the history as a, as I mean, he's a quarterback there. Everybody loves him. That's going to give him because, like, there were talks about this with the Reds when they went through. We're like, okay, Barry Larkin really wanted the job, and it's okay. You can hire him, but if he doesn't go well, then do you have to fire him? And then your fans, your most beloved player, yeah, one of the most beloved players. Yeah, it's like okay, that's it's going to give him extra leeway if he needs it. I don't know. I feel like they're going to turn it around eventually. I saw the Colorado Avalanche go through that with Patrick Wall. It did not end well, and it kind of sours that relationship it's too bad mm-hmm. so, yeah i think he's still there too um paul chris at wisconsin still there he's they they have a weird didn't they have they've had a couple coaches that left for like arkansas i've been well they had get bielema uh, bielema left for like arkansas which for arkansas. at the time that is like that's kind of a lateral move and gary anderson left for mm-hmm. oregon state Oregon Which State. was a head scratcher. Yeah, but isn't Chris a Wisconsin person? Like he's from Wisconsin, so yeah, he's not going. Anywhere. I don't think he is and either. But I didn't know if that was like if they were part yeah. of that was like differences in administration and not knowing about the school if they have the same AD or what, and if that guy's just a wacko that drives people out or something. I don't know. Alvarez is probably running now, the team, anyways. Purdue, That's true. Try to get Chris <laughs> and uh, end up with Danny Hope. So um, I think he's still there as well. Illinois, Lovey Smith, Santa Claus. <laughs> I think he's gone after this year. No chance. Yeah, he's gone after this year. He's not going to coach again. Analyst. He's gonna, yeah. If he coaches against the XFL, um, he's going to be retired <laughs> and just chilling. Um, he's not going to be a coordinator, you don't think? You know, I heard an no. interesting name no. for some guy throughout in a podcast Illinois. for Illinois, Brett Bielema. <laughs> and they even brought his name up for Minnesota. Fleck was to leave. I don't know. These guys are just. I think these guys wanted to see Bielema back in the Big Ten. I don't know. Especially in the West against Wisconsin. Oh he boy. was good at Wisconsin. <laughs> he took the money in Arkansas. What about Bo Pelini? Never. Can we get Bo? <laughs> can we get Bo Pelini back in the Big Bo's Ten? Still, Youngstown State. He has not got a I bigger know. job than that. So with with you know his AD is uh, Tressel. Tressel, yeah. yeah. And last but not least, our own Jeff Brom. Five years. God, I hope he's here. <laughs> uh, I think he's in the NFL, honestly. That's what I'm scared of, Andrew. I think he's at Purdue or the NFL. Because we're paying him yeah. the 11th highest salary. The 
podcast I was listening to, a lot of these people don't understand what Purdue's building on a national level. They once said he will be at Florida State after leading Purdue to a Big Ten championship appearance. He'll leave and go to Florida State. Um, the other one said Louisville, and I'm like, uh, I don't know if that ship's going to come up. I mean, Satterfield's doing a good job so far. I don't know if that job comes open. So I will say yeah. he's either still at Purdue building something really good or continuing building mm-hmm. something really good. So I think it'll be built by then. Or, like you said, with his play calling abilities, the NFL is what worries me. Yeah. Uh, I, I just feel – I mean, I know part of it, I'm sure, was timing with Louisville last year. With- Absolutely. He made all these promises to David Bell and Carl Loftus and Rondale. Moore. And, I mean, Milton Wright was another guy from Louisville. I mean, he had all these guys. And to quit after two years. Two years I don't, yeah. I, I don't think he leaves, think though, he, until he gets Purdue to a certain goal. He's got a goal in mind. Um, yeah. I think, I think he's here for, I mean, at least four or five years. Until, oh, yeah. So that'd be two or three, no, more, years two or three more years for sure. Yeah. And then after that, because at that point, I think Purdue's going to be pretty solid and more back, back to being job. a semi-relevant Power 5 team and from what the dumpster fire was. He's definitely got to leave the program if, he, if and when he does leave eventually. He's got to leave the program yeah. in better, way better hands than he found it. Way better. And that's what – yeah, so that's what part of it is. Not hard to do, though. But. No. <laughs> Okay, you guys ready to pick some games? Yes, sir. We'll start off with the Big Ten like we always do, and and, uh, we'll start off with Purdue so I don't forget it again. Uh, (laughs) Purdue at number 23, Iowa. Iowa, I have this spread at 18 and a half. That's what I got. They don't run the RPO, which is good. (laughs) At least not. They haven't. Who knows? They might. Nate State, they might have learned it in this this week. They might try it. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I, I for for some, I don't think we'll win, but I don't think we're gonna lose by seventeen. I don't know. Maybe I'm just overconfident after that one. <laughs> yeah, one win. it's it'll be interesting because of the okay. The offensive line played better. Was that a combination of was that Purdue's offensive line playing better, or was that Maryland's defense not being as aggressive or as talented as Penn State? I mean, probably a little bit of both. Yeah, according to Jeff Brom, this game's gonna be one in the trenches. So. Um. Take that for not what you quite. will. But I think Iowa wins, but they do not cover. I will go with a score yeah, prediction of 31 that. to 20. Uh, I, I kind of want to pick Purdue, honestly, in the upset, just what? because I feel like Brom, I feel like Brom has like a game a year where kind of like surprises, kind of a win a game, like wins somebody like, like Iowa two years ago. Like probably shouldn't have won that game or like wouldn't expected to win that game. Ohio State last year. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm feeling confident. I think Plummer and David Bell go back and torch Iowa, torch Iowa City, and I'm going to say uh, 28-24. I hope Purdue. Screw it. I'm on it. 31-28 Boilers. Gosh, you guys are making me feel terrible. <laughs> I hope I. Okay, when Andrew got me fired. I hope fired I up. look like the idiot on next week's podcast. I really hope yeah. so. We're just we're just the homers. No, so. I am too, but I just I. <laughs> I'm I'm going in, you know, not expecting a lot, and then I want to be shocked. So, because I know if I expect stuff, I'll just be let down. So, uh, number four, Ohio State at Northwestern Friday night. At start of the year, I thought this was the game Ohio State could get clipped. 
I don't think so anymore. <laughs> nope. Ohio State State's they a twenty-eight and a half point favorite. They cover. Eh, and actually, That's hold on. Yes. 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 How, how's Northwestern's defense been they this year? Everything. <laughs> they cover. Screw it. They cover. I think Ohio State wins, but like by twenty-four, so Northwestern covers. I don't know. Nope. But Pat Fitzgerald will get mad at somebody for electronical use. Um, <laughs> here's a spread for you. Number six, Wisconsin at Illinois. Wisconsin's favored by 31 points. Cover. They win and cover. Lovey Smith. I don't think they cover. I, I think they win by like 28, but I, I agree. They Lo- Lovey, they're, they're going to do what they did against Michigan. They're going to be getting blown out. They come back, make it decently competitive, but Wisconsin still wins easily. But they. I'm just, I'm just, they don't cover, but they pitch their fifth shutout of that the year. That defense is nasty. I don't think Illinois scores. <laughs> you don't think Wisconsin scores 31 points? I think Jonathan Taylor's going to score like three touchdowns. Like, I think he's going to score like <laughs> 31 himself. Yeah, he, he's, he's stupid good. Um, big game we kind of mentioned earlier, a uh, big game for that team down south. Indiana 4-2 and two at Maryland 3-3. Three and three. This line has jumped since yesterday. Uh, Indiana's a mm-hmm. five-and-a-half point favorite. I feel like it's disrespectful to Indiana. I, I, I like their offense. They just have trouble winning on the road, though. I mean, this is a That's team. True. That's true. I, I, I would love to see Maryland win and make Purdue's win last week look more real. <laughs> like a, like an actual – not like an like that, that it wasn't, but, I mean, it looks like real improvement from the season and not just like one good game or something. But uh, I think IU wins by 10-plus. I think IU wins easy. Go Terps, baby. I am taking Maryland. Maryland, Maryland wins in a close right. one, and IU's season just goes down in shambles. So I mean, it is about Isla's, that time. Isla's just picking IU because his wife works for the health Fair network. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Number 20, Minnesota, has a long boat ride. They're uh, rowing, the, or a long <laughs> row, I should say. They're rowing their boats over to New Jersey to play Rutgers. I don't have a line on this game. Twenty-eight and a half. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about Rutgers game, team who scored six points so far in the Big Ten. And <laughs> and aren't there there are healthy players like sitting out? Ten of them. Yeah, their healthy players are sitting out on purpose in case they want a redshirt. Minnesota's going to cover that. Oh god, they're going to be seven. Yeah. Yeah. I hate this. Oh, I, hate <laughs> I mean, this is. <laughs> what did you say, Tanner? <laughs> I'm just looking at their last three games: fifty-two to zero, forty-eight to seven, thirty-five to zero. <laughs> They've scored six points in the Big Ten. Oh, it's yeah, in Minnesota. Actually, has no, they scored seven. They scored seven against Maryland. Oh, seven, seven in the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah. Minnesota's gonna kill them. They're Minnesota's gonna thirty-five eight, to seven beat by thirty against Penn State on game day. Speaking yeah. of game day, this game is the game day location. Number 16, Michigan at number 7, Penn State. Um, I feel like Michigan does not deserve a game day. I know it's I'm at I'm guessing Penn State, it's a whiteout. Penn State's 8.5 point favorites. Penn State covers. Penn State covers. Yeah, I agree. I, think they cover I agree. I'm, Jim needs this win because next week Michigan returns home to no, play Notre Dame. Notre Dame's coming off a bye next week. Mm. Yeah, Jim, uh, Jimmy mm. – uh, Season could uh, turn upside down pretty fast on them because they still play Michigan State. They still play Ohio State. Ohio Ohio State. State. Oh, boy. They have to go to Indiana, which Indiana always plays them tough at home. Their fan base is already – they had a poll the other day. What win would be bigger, Michigan or Purdue? (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm serious. Dead serious. And we had one of our friends say, uh, Michigan, duh. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, top 25 matchups. We got number three, Clemson at four and two, Louisville. Clemson's a 24 and a half point favorite. I, Clemson has struggled a little bit this not year. Not last week. No, not last <laughs> week, but the ACC oh, blows. Awful. I like Clemson, but they don't think, cover. Do they play a ranked? I think. I think, including the ACC championship game, I don't think Clemson will have played a ranked team. Texas A and M all year. Well, it was ranked when they played. Was they ranked. were? Yeah, but yeah, I like Clemson to win, but My they bad. won't cover. Twenty-four is that what you said? Twenty-four. Yeah, I'm with you, Tan. They win. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna agree. Three touchdowns. Number nine, Florida, coming off a loss, a loss at uh, Death Valley against LSU. Six point favorites on the road against South Carolina, who pulled up, pulled the Just upset of the week they, last yeah. week. I like Florida to cover that. I don't think. I don't think I that's think so enough. Too. I, I, like, yeah, I agree. No. I think Florida wins by two touchdowns. They've got a pretty good defense. Number bounce back game. Number eleven, Auburn at two and four, Arkansas. Auburn sixteen and a half point favorites. The Chad Morris era is not going good at. I've Arkansas. got a nineteen and a half. I've got mine. I've got nineteen and a half as right. well. Well, Auburn's gonna cover. You just got a new yeah. iPhone, Tanner. How's your? I not got the, same? the score app. I'm looking at what app are you guys looking at? Um, yes, I'm looking man. at the score. So. Yeah. Get with the times, man. I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe Tanner's is more up to date. Mine is oh. mine is a betting app. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I would yeah. trust. I would trust Tanner's. Uh, but Auburn's gonna uh, kill them. <laughs> Auburn, yeah, Auburn's gonna cover. Arkansas is terrible. Um, number two, mm-hmm. LSU. Yeah, they're number two now. And Joe Burrow, I. Th- I like this I, LSU team a lot. They've scored forty or more, I think, in like eight straight games. I yeah. really like this they LSU got team. Um, they're nineteen-point yeah. favorites at Mississippi State. They cover. Mm-hmm. I agree. Easily. Yep. I agree. UL Monroe at a number 24 ranked Appalachian State. Yeah, Appalachian State's huh. ranked now. Yep. Wow. You can find this ranked matchup on ESPN Woo-hoo. Plus, <laughs> a paid subscription. Give me the Mountaineers. I think that's their name. Is that their yeah. name? Yeah. Mountaineers? Appalachian State? I believe sure. so. I Makes sense. So. Um, I think they covered at 14 and a half. Yeah, I think they did too. Number twelve, Oregon at number twenty-five. Washington, Oregon's a three-point favorite. I could not have told you that Oregon was ranked as high as twelve. I thought there were no ranked Pac-12 <laughs> teams, to be honest. There's three. There you go, Tan. Tan for when you when you do your bets. I'll, there you got your stat for you. I heard this on the radio coming home today. Washington against the spread in the last like fifteen games is two and twelve, <laughs> like one or something. Well, I'm picking the Ducks to cover. There so there we go. There you go. There you go, Tan. Quack quack covers uh tulsa at number 21 cincinnati cincinnati's 17 point favorites i think cincinnati covers that yep sure don't anything about tulsa a really good game here five and one temple at number 19 six and oh smu smu seven and a half point favorite SMU beat TCU, correct? A couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, and that... then they came back and beat uh, Tulsa in triple overtime. They were down by a ton and came back. Member Temple beat a ranked Memphis team last week. I'm gonna say they continue that they trend also and upset. Also beat a ranked Maryland team early S- in the year. Yep. But I like SMU. Sony Dykes. I like watching his offense. Um, I like SMU. Mm-hmm. 
Fine, I'll be different. Hey, I remember Sonny Dykes. Yep. That was another yep. Purdue candidate. He went to Cal and struggled really bad and got fired. Um, number 18, 6-0, Baylor at 4-2, and Oklahoma State. Mike Gundy's pokes are three-point favorites. Go pokes. I, I'm a man. I agree. I, I like Oklahoma State. Agreed. Number twenty-two Missouri, they're five and one with with their lone loss being at Wyoming, at a <laughs> one and five Vanderbilt. So much for Vanderbilt being a Vanderbilt decent is. win. <laughs> SEC just means more Missouri covers. Yeah, they're twenty-one half point favorites. I like the way their offense is playing. They cover. I'm gonna say they not cover. I'm gonna say they won by like two touchdowns. Uh, okay. John Vaughn, baby. I wouldn't want to be this three and three Kentucky team going in between the hedges against the number ten <laughs> five and one pissed off Georgia team. Twenty. The Georgia dropped from yeah, three to they're ten. Still yep. top ten though. I mean that's. Yeah. Um, they're tw- twenty five. Twenty four and a I half. Got I got on this one. I got twenty five. Okay. I think Georgia cover. covers. They're gonna be bad. And this. Jake from. From just. This. Goes thermal. I think this nuclear. helps Purdue that Kentucky's struggling this year because Purdue's in a lot of recruiting battles with them, and they're not yeah. capitalizing on their momentum. So I like I like Georgia big here. Uh, good game here, number seventeen Arizona State. Herm Edwards has them five and one at five and one. Number thirteen Utah. So there's two more Pac-12 teams ranked for you, Webby. So there's four. <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> I like Tanner's favorite team. I think outside Listen, of Purdue, I never claim to really ever know anything. Give me so. the Utes, but they're not going to cover thirteen and a half. I I think give I, me Herm Edwards, baby. I like Herm. Her, I like I like Herm. I like Herm as well. Fourteen point dogs. They play to, to win the game. Yes. There's also a reason that I never bet. So <laughs> two and four Kansas at uh, four and two number fifteen Texas Texas twenty two point uh, favorites. Rock chalk Jayhawk, baby. Sorry, yeah. Texas, go horns. <laughs> sorry, Les. Yeah. Sorry. Hook them, hook them horns, and they cover. Yeah. Yeah. Tennessee, they won another game, so they're now two and four. <laughs> and they get the grand prize of traveling to play number one, six and zero Alabama, and you're thirty four and a half point underdogs, Tennessee. Ugh. Alabama covers. <laughs> Sadly, <laughs> cover. I'm agreeing. <laughs> yeah, Alabama's that good. Tennessee's just not to good. A, to a Paz's Heisman resume. And lastly, for the top 25 matchup, 6-0, number 14-ranked Boise State at 2-4 BYU. Usually BYU's got a better program than that. Mm-hmm. The spread on this is shocking to me. I've got 6.5. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. I thought it would be a lot higher. Too. I'm going to go Boise State covers. Easily. Mm-hmm. Easily. Even though Boise State always trips up against somebody they shouldn't, but – I don't know. This might be the year they go undefeated. Still don't get in the playoff, though. New Year's no. Six, sure, not the playoff. Yeah. Just like yeah. UCF. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, crap. I just mentioned UCF. I was trying not to mention them this week. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know they own the moon? Yeah. And, and, and they're national champions two years ago and everything. They're just amazing. They're pretty much, they're pretty much the coolest. <laughs> pretty much the best at being a university. So, yeah. uh, any closing thoughts? Uh, it felt good oh, to win did one. Did it ever? It's uh, we there, <coughs> we didn't even talk about a, the youth movement. How all four touchdowns are by freshmen, true, true, true yeah. freshmen, or true freshmen. We didn't even mention that. The new group of the baby boilers. Part, Part two. two. Didn't we play? I think I read this in Indianapolis Star with redshirt freshmen and true freshmen. We played twenty-four. 
of them on Saturday. Something like that, yeah. Pretty well, did, what was this? What was the stat of players who started Saturday, started the first game of the year? was like, oh, you know, like two players. McCann it was like Hermans. Grant Hermans. Yeah. Yeah. And it was nice Absurd. to see Terrio Fuller back, even though he only had five carries for 10 yards and a fumble. It was great to see him back. So yeah. good for him. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, this youth movement's fun. Let's, let's see what they can do the rest of the way and see if they can't somehow – Strain some wins together and get to another bowl, but um, yeah, beat our most beat our most hated yep. rival. Boiler up, hammer down. <laughs> That's not gold. Beat our most hated rival and beat the Hawkeyes. Boiler up. Tanner Lee here of the Boiler Breakdown Podcast. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please give us a follow on social media. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Boiler Break Pod, and follow us on Instagram at Boiler Break Pod. And make sure to listen and subscribe to the Boiler Breakdown on your favorite podcast platform. And as always, Boiler Up, Hammer Down.